God is good, God is good, and all the time, God is good. Welcome back to the In It's Time podcast. I'm super excited for this one. From across from me, I got my good friend, Scott Dyer. Um, he's really, he's a Christian pastor, community pastor at New North. If it wasn't for Scott, I think I'd still not be saved. <laughs> Welcome, I'll, Scott. I'll know about all that. <laughs> Welcome, Scott. Yeah, um, super happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Freddie. Um, yeah, and so just really honored to be a part of this. And you know, today I just want to share a little bit about like my story and the importance of, of all of us uh, sharing our stories, as well as the importance of building community um, and investing in others. Amen. Yeah, and so honestly, like when I first shared my story with Freddie for the first time, like after hearing his story, which I guess some of you guys got to hear a little bit about it um, in uh, in his first podcast, like. I was like, man, I, I kind of feel a little bit insecure about this because when <laughs> when I when I think about my story, I'm like, man, like I, I definitely don't have like no Freddie testimony. Right. <laughs> and so coming from like an upper middle class, like white Christian family, like there's had a lot of very different experiences than 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 Freddie. But um, I was still really honored that he kind of that he brought me on here to, to share share my story. And, you know, I just think it's so important for us all to use uh, to use our stories to build relationships with one another. Um, and so when I, when I think about my story, I'm just astounded by, by God's graciousness to me. Um, like I, I, uh, put my faith in Christ at age 14. Um, wow. and, and honestly, like for the most part, like by God's grace, like I didn't really turn around, um, during from even from that age. And so, um, you know, I had grown up in a stable Christian home, like there was strict discipline, you know, I had... And I didn't honestly have the courage to really go against my parents yet um, or do anything like super rebellious, like drinking or, or doing drugs or showing up high back at home. I was honestly like kind of afraid that my dad was like going to get me pretty good if I did any of that stuff. And so I still had a little bit of, a little bit of fear of God coming from the fear of my dad. Um, and so because of that, it kind of, uh, kind of kept me straight for a little bit longer. And, um, uh, you know, like, uh, I knew that uh, that for certain that if I hadn't given my life to Jesus at, at Young Life Camp when I was 14, like certainly the rebellious heart that was already inside of me eventually would have overcame my fear of my parents and like pleasing them. And then like I easily could have deep dived in this like all sorts of unhealthy things that a lot of my peers were already starting to do. And so like, but yet God was gracious to me. And, and some of the issues that, that many people deal with, like, especially a lot of guys like pornography, drinking, drug use, like by God's grace, like those were habits that I never developed. And I mean, God was so kind to save me at the right time. And like, uh, and when I was thinking about like, you know, that's the name of this podcast, right? Like in his time, I was like, oh man, Lord, thank you so much that, um, that your timing for me and and getting a hold of my heart was like at such a, a good time. Like you saved me from so much. Um, but what it was that brought me into a place where my ears and my hearts were open to receive the gospel, it was, it was community, right? And so by the time I was in seventh grade, I realized that in order for me to feel accepted by my peers, like I needed to do all the things that I could do to get the attention and approval from, from anyone else. And um, cause I needed to show them that I was worth being friends with, right. Mm-hmm. That I was cool enough, like that I, um, was worth being a part of their group. And so, 
Um, like many middle school boys, my go-to way of trying to fit in was by trying to create the most perverted jokes possible, <laughs> um, to get all the other boys to laugh. And so, um, for all, for any, any of you women who are listening, who are thinking back to their middle school days and you're like, I hated that kid. I'm sorry. I was that kid. Um, forgive me. I was ignorant and I didn't know Jesus. Um, but nevertheless, like my course joking built me a friend group that, um, that, that I had at school. And like, before I came, like, uh, I came into a new school in seventh grade, I didn't have any friends. And, um, my creativity with perversion was the thing that was able to make me feel comfortable and create a friend group. And cause that's what seventh grade boys value <laughs> is who can create the funniest, that's most true. perverted, Very disgusting <laughs> jokes. Right. And so, um, yeah. And so I mean, I constantly felt like I had to, had to do things to impress the rest of the group and like, and growing up in the, you know, in the Northeast, I grew up in Maryland, like being a Christian wasn't something that was going to impress people. Right. It wasn't going to impress my friends. And so by the time I entered ninth grade, like the crew, the guys that I was like friends with, like most of them were starting to get into drinking, smoking pot and like, and all that stuff. And, and so I was like left with this decision. It's like, do I, do I go along with these, this, this group of friends that I have, or do I disobey my parents? And then like, what's, what's that going to end up looking like? Um, but it was just at that time that God showed up in my life and he showed up in my life through, uh, through one, through my young life leader, his name is Mike. Mm. And the summer before my ninth grade year, my, my brother had just been to a young life camp. And so uh, Young Life is this outreach ministry that seeks to get to know students on their turf, like at their school. Like, so the, the different leaders, they'll become teachers, they'll be coaches, and uh, they'll just go out to meet kids where they are, especially because when you go to a school, most most of the kids there don't know Jesus. True. So it's like, um, there's so often, like, w- at, at, in our churches, we, we feel like, um, you know, we need to take care of the kids that come to church, but what about all the kids that never come to church? Right. Mm. And so that's kind of how, like how young life was created. And, um, even though, even though I did go to church on Sundays, my parents made me like my heart was really far from God. Um, but anyway, so my, my brother's friends, like they all went to this camp and, uh, they started having a Bible study at my house. And so I was upstairs playing PlayStation on, uh, and, now all these guys came over and they were, they're were having a Bible study downstairs. And I was like, well, I guess I ought to go down and introduce myself before my mom comes up here and makes me go downstairs. Mm. <laughs> so, so I went down, but and honestly, like, I don't really remember anything from that first Bible study. And, and, but over time I began to get to know like these upperclassmen, these guys who were friends with my brother, who were all involved in, in young life, this Christian ministry. And I realized that they actually loved me even though I literally had nothing to offer them, right? Like my other crew of friends that I had, like I, you know, I could be the funny one or I could, you know, do, do whatever that made made me feel like I earned my place in the group. But being like this scrawny, like awkward 14 year old who was all of a sudden like actually cared for by these guys who were like 17 and 18 and they were like inviting me to be a part of their group with like, knowing the fact that I had nothing of any stature or standing to offer them. Like it was like really, really kind of really crazy to me. And so I began to feel accepted by them. And then I began to listen to what they were actually saying about the Bible. Cause like, I used to think that Christianity and church, 
like that was for old people. Like mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Cause that was my experience at my church. My mm-hmm. church was like, it was like me and my brother and like two other, two other like kids. And then like 50 people over 75. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was cool. Like I, you know, I appreciated going, it's like saying hi to Gerald, like on the weekends, but like, I mean, but seriously, like that, that's like totally what my experience was. But, um, but then after becoming a part of this community, like this Bible study through young life, like, um, I began to, my, my perspective of what Christianity w- was began to change. Like, and I thought, and it was like really surprising for me to see that people that I thought were cool, actually, like, not only did they love and accept me, but like, they actually thought Jesus was cool. So I was like, wow, all of a sudden this Jesus thing might actually be relevant to my life. Like, I just never thought about the fact that it could, it could actually be something that young people would even care about. And so it was this community that consistently loved me. They welcomed me, even when I had nothing to offer them that changed my attitude toward Jesus and the gospel. And even though I had grown up going to church every Sunday and and then when I went to that camp the the following summer after my freshman year, um, I went with that same crew of guys. Like even the leader who was a college who who was in college, he took a, a week off to come go to the camp with us, and wow. and it was like the whole same crew of guys that had been like so kind to me like all year. Guys that were giving me like fist bumps in the hallway and like sit, like associating with me like in public. Um, we went and we just had like a, like a ton, a ton of fun. And then I got to hear the gospel presented to me every night. And so, um, I mean, I remember, uh, one of the last nights just like looking up at the stars and saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm so sorry that you had to suffer separation from the father because of me. I'm mess. I'm so unworthy of your love. And I promise to love you every day and serve you from now on. And, and none of that would have been possible without these guys. It, it, it took God coming to me in the form of people like my young life leader, Mike, um, these, these older guys, Jake and Dan, who were friends with my brother. Um, it was these guys coming, uh, coming as Jesus to me that made me realize that, uh, that Jesus was someone that I needed to know. Hmm. Um, and the acceptance that I received from this community when I had nothing to offer them made me willing to believe that the God of the universe might actually love little old Scott. <laughs> Amen. Even when I clearly had nothing to offer him. I, for me growing up, it was easy to, it was easy to think of God as like, as, as this big like, creator of all things. Right. Um, he, like for me, I looked around, I'm like, there, there has to be a God, but like, why would he give a crap about me? Right. Like, I'm just this, I'm just this little kid. Right. Like, and, and I, I was one of those people who knew in my heart that I wasn't like a great person or anything. I even remember one time, uh, when I was like in, when I was like eight years old, I think like a, a month or so before I had seen, um, uh, with my parents, we watched one of those left behind movies. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen those. Mm-hmm. And so one day I like woke up from like a nap at like a weird time of day and <clears throat> I was like up in my upper bunk bed and I remember like I, I woke up and I'm like, where's my brother? Where's my mom? Hmm. Where's my dad? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, it happened. It happened. I knew it was going to happen. I knew I was a bad person. I knew it. Like, of course God left me. But, um, but anyway, so I always had that feeling that like there was a God and that I was like unworthy, but, um, but these guys just like softened my heart to think that, you know, if these guys could love me without me having anything to offer, maybe God can too. And then, and then I heard the gospel and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And so it, it changed, it changed my life. And so, 
Um, yeah. So by the time I was 16, uh, I, I started actually kind of like doing some of the same things that those guys did for me. Um, I was in, uh, I was on a track and a cross country team and there's a couple of guys who were freshmen and I would, uh, I would intentionally spend time with them. Like I would invite them over to my house. I'd make them breakfast. Sometimes I'd like, we'd, we'd talk about the word together and open the Bible or, um, when we have like our, our long distance track, like practices, I'd run with them, just chat with them, talk about life and stuff like that. And, um, and then I remember after the summer of my junior year of high school, like a, a bunch of those like freshmen, they came to the camp with me and I had the opportunity to pray with them to accept Jesus. Wow. Right. And so, um, so it was just, it was just, just, just incredible. Um, and recently, like I've been pretty convicted about the amount of time that I've been spending, uh, ministering to just the Christians, um, in, in my own church bubble. And, um, and I've been reminded by the Lord that there really, you know, there's a whole wide world out here and that's part of what, you know, what, what we're, what you're trying to do here, Freddie, mm-hmm. is just to get, to get the word out about the Lord. Amen. There's so many people who, um, who are unbelievers. Um, but like they, they, I have people like that live like right next door to me that I, that I can, I can invest in, but, uh, but I haven't been doing like a great job of that recently. And so, um, like the number of number of excuses that I, that I have for not taking the time to invest in others who don't know the love of Christ. I mean, it, it's endless. Like sometimes I'm like, well, my house isn't clean because I got this one year old daughter. So, and I need to wait to put her down until it's like 7 PM. And then I got to clean all her stuff up and I got to clean our dishes. And then there's literally only enough time for me to like watch TV and go to bed. Um, or my, maybe it's like, oh, I only have two nights off work or, or whatever. Like the list like goes on and on and on. Right. But but Christ is clear when he says that for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same thing? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Hmm. And so looking back on the times in my life where I've really given myself to community and specifically taking time to regularly hear the stories and the hearts of the people around me, especially like with people who don't know Jesus, like it, there's been so many times where when I've put in that investment that I've been able to see uh, a, a great reward. Like I like like I just said, like when I was at that camp when I was a, after my junior high school and I got to pray with these these 14 year old boys, just like I used to be a 14 year old boy to accept Christ at a camp. I was just like, this is the reward, Amen. right? And so. Um, you know, the, I think when Jesus is talking about like uh, that, we're missing out on a reward. It's, it's not just that we're missing out on some distant crown in heaven. We're missing out on the beauty of life changing here. Right. Mm. I mean, I think the the Bible even talks about how like the, the angels are are jealous of what we get to experience Mm -hmm. because God had grace on humanity Mm -hmm. when they sinned and that the humans get to turn and repent. And so, I mean, what a beautiful reward it is to get to be a part of that. Um, and so, like, for those of you guys who are like me, like, I mean, let's let's take a moment here just to just to think about those who are around us that we can invite into our lives. And just be just because they're our neighbors, right? They don't have to be. We don't need to pick somebody like halfway across the world to to go to you know build a relationship with. Um, you know, we can just think like, who can we invite out to coffee? Who, who can we go on a walk with our spouses or our kids or take out for a drink just to have the blessing of getting to know someone's heart and soul. 
that that God has created and to hear um, to hear people's stories. Um, as, as wonderful as it is to be able to, uh, to be able to hear people's hearts and stories, like, you know, right here on, on Spotify or where, wherever, yeah, wherever we're Apple, pushing, wherever, Anchor, we're everywhere, wherever, baby. Wherever, wherever, <laughs> wherever, wherever we're pushing this thing out. Um, like it's so much of a better joy to be able to, to do it in person. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, cause the reality is like, we are all seeking acceptance somewhere, especially, um, especially the people who don't know Christ. And so we have the gift of making people feel accepted just for being human, mm-hmm. just for being made and formed in their mother's womb by our Lord. And we can be a place of respite and refuge where people can feel like they don't have to keep, keep up the image that they've, been, that, they've, that they've chosen to put out and to continue to work on day in and day out. We can become a place where people can bear their souls, where people can be honest, people can be real. But that's only if we're the ones that are willing to make the space for that to happen. And, you know, in our world, it's uh, we so many of us live our life. They feel we feel our schedule to the max because mm-hmm. we want to be so proud of what we can mm-hmm. accomplish. But if we don't make the space for other people, we are going to miss out on rewards that are so much better than whatever the thing is that we're trying to accomplish by overfilling our schedules. And so my challenge to all you guys who are listening is to, you know, write down three people that you can intentionally bless and create space to get to know within the next two months. Um, I mean, it can even be someone in your family that you, you haven't invested in, in a while. And, and then by the end of this week, I want you to put something on the calendar to spend time with those people. And, you know, it's, it's not realistic exactly to be able to, to be able to minister to everybody, you know, like even, even Christ himself had, uh, he had his, tw- he had many followers, then he had his 12 and then he had his three. He had Peter, James, and John that he spent the most time with. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to make an influence in people's lives, there, there has to be a, a commitment level given. And so we don't want to overextend ourselves either, but so just pick like three people that you can be committed to, 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 to building a deeper relationship with and creating that community. Um, and then when you meet up with them, ask them about their story, their values, their heart, and just, just get to know them, like enjoy it. I mean, I think that's like one of my favorite, that's like literally Mm -hmm. my favorite thing about my job. Mm -hmm. My, my favorite thing about my job is that I get to meet new people who, who come through the doors of our church and, and then like I get to, take them out to coffee. Like I, like I took Freddie out for yep, coffee back, back in the day. Amen. And, um, and then just kind of see like what happens as the relationships grow. And, Amen. um, and then I, I get so blessed to hear all the, the different stories of how God is working in people's lives and to be able to speak in, uh, the love and the truth of, of the Bible to, to these people. So, Amen. um, just to, just to wrap up, um, yeah, like let's let's not miss out on the rewards that that God wants to make available to yeah. us by uh, by just loving and investing in in the people around us. Yeah, and I, I just want to thank you because you did that with me. You know, when we first met, I was at a point where I was still in sin, um, and I left community, I left my church, I left my family, I left my friends. And was in a relationship because that's the type of guy I am. I'm like some guys where when they get a girlfriend, they just disappear from everybody, (laughs) (laughs) which is not good, (laughs) which is terrible. But I think that's how the enemy works as well. And and also on top of that, I had so much anger and hurt that I felt unloved by the church because I was innocent and I felt Mm. too judged. But Scott, you, you, my mom, some of my friends, um, they know who they are. 
you guys are the real, com- you're the real Jesus, so to speak. Like Christ uses you to show love. Like you would meet with me at Panera Bread and we would just get coffee and just talk about life. And little did I know those little conversations started to lead up to, okay, how's your walk with Christ? Why I haven't seen you in church in a while? What's going on? And mm-hmm. then when you got to the root of my problem, it was that I was too legalistic in some ways, right? I thought God will forgive me, so who cares? I'll just keep on sinning. It's all good. <laughs> mm. But you showed me the value. You connect me with a counselor that was free at church. And I think that's the beauty of community is holding each other accountable. And then that did men's frat with you. I'm a co-leader with you. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to our groups that we've been a part of. We love you guys. Miss you guys. And the new guys, welcome. We're glad to have you. And now I can finally see the true value of community. It's not so we can go around and just eat free food and just kick it and just mm-hmm. talk about our life. No, it's getting connected. It's being accountable for our action. It's seeing if we're walking according to scripture. Mm-hmm. And that's very beautiful. So for those, I know it's very hard, especially during the pandemic, because we were locked inside. We couldn't sure. go anywhere. So a lot of us are still facing that struggle of going out and actually being connected in church again. I think it's very valuable guys that you guys find your community in your church, get plugged in somewhere so mm-hmm. that you can have someone texting you. Even how you're doing would be fine. Cause totally. to be alone out here. You're very vulnerable. Satan wants you to be alone. He wants you to hate the church. He wants you to hate those around you. All that hatred that's building you, all the excuses why we can't go to church. It's all a lie. Mm-hmm. And we need each other. And Christ said, we're two or three are gathered there. I am in the midst of them. So, if you want to feel the present, you got to come to a community group. You got to come to a Sunday <laughs> service. <laughs> you can't just sit at home and pray by yourself. I mean, you can technically, yeah. but yeah. there's no one holding you accountable for the sin that's in your life. And sure. some of you need healing, and healing comes by confession. If you don't have no one to talk to and you're alone, who are you going to confess to? When you fall down, there's no one to lift you up. I've had Scott. I've had my group to hold me accountable when I struggle with my sins. And little do you know, little did I know when Scott first asked me, I was very hesitant because I was afraid that there would be no one that has the same struggles in me in my community group. So when I was joining, I was afraid to share as well. Mm. And as I started to open up, I started to realize there are so many people that can relate to me and we can pray for each other. And I have someone with me fighting my battle with me because I'm fighting theirs as well. Mm. And it's just a beautiful thing, guys. So thank you, Scott, for all that you do. Uh, We're glad to have you. Let's get in some prayer. Yeah. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for my community group, that they hold me accountable, but more especially, Lord, we pray for those who are listening. We pray for those who are out there on their own. Satan has drawn them away from your church. He has caught them by themselves. They are lonely. They are afraid. Lord, they need your help. Just like the lost sheep, Lord, you are the good shepherd. You will come and get your sheep. You will come and bring us back together, Lord. Continue to impress on our hearts the importance of community, Lord. Help those who are in need of a church to find a good church. Mm -hmm. New North, if you're here in the Bay Area, we are here. You are welcome at any time. Thank you for our pastors. I pray for Pastor Rob, McKenna, uh, Adam, and Willie and all the other guys and um, 
that are involved in New North. Thank you for their commitment. Thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for my mom and her church mm-hmm. and everyone who's been a yes, part Lord. of my life. But Heavenly Father, I just pray for those who are listening, Lord. I thank you for them. Let them know that they're part of this community as well. And that it is time is built for them, that is built for them to hear the gospel, to hear the truth. And if there is anyone who is still struggling in sin, we pray that, Lord, that you will help them get out of it by the power, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Lord. So send your spirit and touch those who are listening in Jesus name. Uh, Lord, what a pleasure it is to, to get to be here um, with uh, with Freddie and with everyone yes, else who is uh, who is listening to um, today, Father. Lord, um, I love the name of this uh, of this podcast. Uh, in His time, I know it's uh, so often it's so difficult to wait on You, Father. Mm. And yes, um, Lord, there's so many things that bring us stress, Father, um, and it's so easy to to look around and to doubt your goodness, Lord. And, but help us, Father, to remember that you are our friend. You want to be the one who is closest to us. Father, I, I want to be a man who, uh, who confesses and shares my yes, heart Lord. and my soul, Lord, and my feelings. And I don't have to be afraid to, to need to hold it all together, Lord. And so... Um, and uh, so I really do uh, pray for the, the people that are listening, especially if they're not in, uh, in a community right now, that they would find a, yes, a great church that, with yes, some folks Lord. who can um, who that they can be open and honest with about what they're going through. And um, yeah, and because yes, we know Lord. we know the evil one is constantly seeking to to keep us from meeting father but we need to keep meeting together and encouraging one another that we might be able to go out and to be uh to be the light to be the, your hands and feet to people who who don't know you mm-hmm. god help yes, us Lord. not to be controlled by our culture but rather to be a blessing to mm-hmm. it um yeah and that uh, the love for you would uh, would reign in um, in our city and in uh, especially here in the Bay Area, Father. Yes, Lord, and I just thank you for everyone who's a part of this podcast. My nephew, who's here with me, videotaping. We thank you for him. I thank you for every guest that will come, mm-hmm. and we just thank you, Lord, for creating this, Lord. Not for us. It's not about us. It's about you. We just want to lift your name. We want to bring people hope, Lord, and encouragement and love the most thing everyone feels unloved they feel rejected some feel lost lord but you are everything they need and we give you praise and thanks for giving us life in the air that we breathe in jesus name amen amen thank you scott again hey guys it was so excited to have scott with me um i can't wait to see you guys next week take care